What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Welcome to the Side Hustlers podcast. I'm your host from iHeartRadio, Carla Marie. Each week, I talk to people following a passion outside of their day job. These are people who choose to work extra just because there's something that they believe in, something they have a passion for. Some of these people have turned their side hustle into their full-time job. And each week, there's a whole new story, but everyone has one thing in common. They're driven, they're passionate, and they're always amazing people. And I don't do that part on purpose. They just end up being amazing. This has essentially turned into my very own side hustle. My day job is hosting the Carla Marie and Anthony show on 106.1 KISS FM in Seattle for iHeartRadio. And yeah, this podcast is now now my side gig and it's been a really cool community to be a part of the small business community especially right now as we record this podcast now this week's guests are amber and tom meyer they are husband and wife who own ugly yellow house which started as a human bow tie company turned dog bow tie company turned into a very controversial company as they have ventured into the world of making masks this is amber and tom's story for a lot of people, you know, why are you waiting? You know what you want to do. This is something you want to do. Get up your butt and do it. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. Come on, ask about me. Yo, yo, it's the Side Hustlers Podcast with Carla Marie. So you guys are like super controversial right now. I mean, so controversial. I love it. 
in the best way possible. So <laughs> the mask that you've been making, and we'll get into later in the podcast, what some of the trolling has been like for you guys from people because they want your mask so bad. But the mask, and I have mine right here from Ugly Yellow House, this little piece of fabric is in such demand right now when we're recording this that it's so crazy and it's a topic of conversation. Yeah. So what is it like for you guys being just right behind it, right? You know, making these things that everyone is either fighting about or not fighting about or whatever it is right now. Well, I think for sure, I never thought that face mask would ever be a political statement, right. nor did I think that uh, it would be something that was in demand. It was just something that you feel helpless in this time. And, you know, I am still working, but Tom is working solely on Ugly Yellow House. And so for him, it's just like, what do I do with my business? Yeah. Right. What do I do now? And then for us as a couple, it's what do we do to help? Like there's nothing that you can do when you feel helpless and you need some sort of control in this, this chaos. And so Tom's idea was let's make them and donate them. And it's crazy how much it has taken off. But like you said, what do you do as a small business right now? Everyone's talking about the pivot. What can you do? Whether it's Mm -hmm. pivoting your business to benefit yourself and your business, which is super important or pivot to help you guys. (laughs) You're regularly ugly yellow house is a bow tie company. So I want that story first before we fully get into the mass and everything that's going on with that. Your side hustle is a bow tie company for pets and for humans. So let's get, where did that start? Because that is, the, it's the cutest. I know Tom's rocking one right now. He's super dressed <laughs> up for this podcast, <laughs> unlike me right now. So where did the bow tie start? It's all Amber's fault, honestly. <laughs> Amber? I mean, I'll take this one. <laughs> one of Amber's best friends was getting married and she's a big bow tie fan. So Amber reached out to her and asked if she could, you know, design her a couple that she could possibly wear, you know, during her ceremony. Yeah. And I'd never really messed with bow ties, honestly, before that. And then after we had the pattern and I started messing with it, I kind of realized, frankly, how convenient it was not to have a foot and a half of fabric hanging from <laughs> yeah. your neck when you get dressed up. And it honestly just kind of snowballed from there. We we took a bunch of patterns that we found, you know, that we were working from, tweaked them to what I thought fit me best. And then yeah, Amber decided, you know, I, I was basically just downstairs kind of messing around, teaching myself how to sew. And along with Amber teaching me how to sew. And then Amber just comes up one day and is like, yeah, I signed us up for West Seattle Summerfest. We have, we have six weeks to make this a business. No. So. <laughs> okay. But Tom, your background is TV production. Yeah. So you had quit your job in TV production to work on the boats. Like what was that timeline for you? I did TV and radio for almost 20 years. And when we got up here and I finally got a chance to take a break from it, I realized, I have to word this correctly, because I realized how unhappy I was allowing it to make me, and I didn't like that. And once I had a break from it, and I realized I wasn't that unhappy person anymore, I really enjoyed that. So then it was, okay, how do I prevent that from ever happening again? Bow ties. (laughs) I mean, whatever it's going to be, you know, you know, I, I'm lucky that, you know, I come from, you know, a long line of makers. My, my mother's always made stuff. My father's always made stuff. My brother is just a brilliant designer. It's just kind of always been in our blood. So then that was just my immediate thought was, all right, what can we make? And then time moved on. Wedding was planned. Bow ties were, and then we just kind of thought we, you know, we hummed and hawed about it, you know, as we were working on them, you know, could this be a thing? Amber really likes to put a massive pressure point on things if she wants them to happen so that's literally what she did is she just kind of came into the studio one day was like i signed us up for west seattle Summerfest. Yep. we have six weeks let's go okay so 
off off running we went. But Amber, this is still your side hustle, very much your side hustle. You have a day job, you have a day job now, even working from home during all of this. So what was then for you? Obviously, Tom was in a point where he didn't want to go back to the job he was doing. So he was all in on Ugly Yellow House. For you as a side hustle, what was that launch like? What was that moment like? And why did you want to have your own business? So... Part of moving to Seattle beyond it being just our most favorite place is that it's a community of weirdos and a community (laughs) of people who try things and fail and try again and are accepting of, of makers and doing your own thing. And that's one of the biggest things that was appealing when moving here. And I had attended fashion school um, after my undergrad and it was a dream to become a fashion designer and life happens. So we move up here, I get a promotion and I can't finish. And that's a devastating moment, but I have learned so much that I could put to use. I was only, you know, I'm only like a year away from it. So it's, it's still, I have all of that knowledge and I didn't really know what that would look like anyway. And so We knew we wanted to run our own business. We just didn't know what it would be and what it could look like. But fashion for me was still at the forefront, albeit not menswear, (laughs) but happy to take that on. And it's really cool. And, you know, it was just this, it's this moment of like having your own thing that you can do, that you can call your own, because not a lot else is, you know, when you're working for someone else. So it was just this adventure of like, okay, we can do this. We don't know what it's going to be, but why not start with bow ties and then grow it? I love that you said having something you can call your own because that is a huge thing that you don't realize when you said when you're working for someone. For me, this podcast is mine. I have I share my morning show with someone. I share literally every other part of my (laughs) professional life with at least one or more people. And this podcast is like my thing that I've grown. And it's it's really cool to have that. So I completely understand where you are with that. And I think maybe a lot of people don't realize they need that. So I hope Mm -hmm. then hearing you say that, and same thing with Tom with you saying you didn't realize how unhappy you were letting yourself be. Those kind of things are so important when it comes to finding your passion and what you want to put into it. So I appreciate you both for sharing those sentiments because it's unbelievably important. Once you started the bow ties, you also make pet bow ties now. And I know this because I bought one for my sister's dog, Milo. I originally thought it was only pet bow ties because that's what I would see when I would go into Shandon's shop, Alaire in West Seattle. So Uh when did you go from like men's bow ties to pets? Dogs are definitely my most favorite thing like ever. Like humans are great, but dogs are the best. (laughs) We're finding all this waste coming from the bow ties. This like fabric or Mm. cute fabric that was that could be upcycled from vintage suits that maybe weren't suitable for bow ties. But I would watch this like piles and piles of fabric and it just drove me crazy. I'm like very frugal with fabric, especially. And so it just sort of kind of came naturally. Like, what can we do with this small amount of fabric that's still fantastic? And and dog bow ties just seem to fit. Um, we had had a couple of people ask us at markets, like, oh, these are great. Do you have them for dogs? Like, why did we not think about no, that? No, my question is, why oh. did someone immediately say that? <laughs> right, right. This suit like, is awesome. Do you also make it for dogs? Like, that is not right? my first question. <laughs> not really my first question to think. But it was a no-brainer. But, like, yeah. now we can save this waste. We can use some of these other amazing fabrics that we have that are not good to tie because they're either too thick or just wrong. And so it evolved into these, um, I mean, if you look at our Instagram, it's all dogs yeah. all the time. Like it's people 
will not take pictures of themselves as quickly and share them no. as they will of their pets. And you don't need so consent just, from pets either, so it's good. No, yeah. no, no, they just love it. So yeah, it just was this weird, random thing, and now it like it outsells our bow ties most of the time. No way. Yes way. Oh, yeah. It is insane. People go crazy for their dogs more than themselves. Love that they can match them too. So yeah. that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it just was this random thing, and it turned out really well. I mean, yeah. When anytime I'm shopping at a lair in West Seattle, I see them. I'm like, oh man, I would like I could get them for my cats, but they're such pain in the asses. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna give this to. And then I w- wanted to send my sister a care package because when all of this started, she was going through chaos of having to move her wedding or possibly move okay. the wedding. And I was like, I want to send her a gift. And I sent her some things actually from a lair. And I was like, oh, I know what will make her happy. A bow tie for the dog. And I, I wrote yeah. a little note about how, you know, maybe on her wedding day, he'll get to wear this eventually. And I mean, she was like, this was the coolest thing. And oh. it was something so simple. Like you said, for you guys, it's, it's just extra fabric at that point. Mm-hmm. But it was something that made my sister smile through a crazy time and made everyone smile when she sent the picture of her dog in a bow tie. And it's just simple that. things. But you guys have been able to take literal piles and turn them into memories for people but that fabric you mentioned something about upcycling do you normally do that with suits and stuff i try to yeah it's it's kind of you know amber is is really good about going out and finding great fabrics for us i like the challenge of hunting and trying to mine stuff out of things especially like you know estate sales and thrift stores back when those were actually still a thing like (laughs) I mean, you could find amazing suits for really good prices and they might not fit me. They might have a couple moth holes or whatever in them, but that is a swath yeah. of beautiful wool that I get to play with, you know? So I've really tried to go that way. It's, I mean, you know, th- there's only so much you can get out of them and sometimes the pattern's a little plainer, but they make beautiful ties. And then even the scraps from that, you know, just go straight to a dog bow tie. I oh, mean, I can't wait to see the things that you guys come up with because you've already evolved so much as a company. It's kind of cool to see how creative you both are and what's next. But the name of your company, and I keep saying Ugly Yellow House, and I want people to make sure that they are hearing me correctly. It's Ugly Yellow House. Where did that name come from? From our Ugly Yellow House. <laughs> I grew up in a yellow house. So it's like, I get it. I completely get it. And I, I think we're like kindred spirits. Like, I've, I'm so connected to you guys. So I get it. <laughs> Yeah, it was, I mean, you know, finding and buying a home in Seattle is is just wow. a battle on its own yeah. that is so hard. And so once we finally did, we ended up with our little ugly yellow house. <laughs> We've always referred to it as ugly yellow house. So we figured this, and we're very lucky because our basement allows us a huge amount of space to build like a proper studio in it. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're making everything at our ugly yellow house. We'll call it ugly yellow house. <laughs> Plus, when we're at markets, it makes a lot of people yeah. stop and say, why did you name your company ugly yeah. yellow house? Or so. like, are you selling house? Like, what is that? Are you making houses? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? I mean, it really lets you do whatever you want. Whatever you create in that house is ugly yellow house. And that's amazing. And, and that's we kind of the great know. thing. Like exactly. we were, we were, we were talking about it this morning where, you know, like we started with, with bow ties and we were doing vintage clothing and accessories. Oh, vintage is a hard space to mm-hmm. be in. So took out vintage, just became bow ties and then bow ties, pocket squares. I have a machine shop in my, my part of the studio, you know, so lathing lapel pins and that kind of thing. So it's just, and that's kind of the great thing is it can, it can just snowball and evolve into whatever yeah. we want it to be. I didn't even realize you did that. Do you still do the lapel pins or was that something you did or you still do Lapel pins have kind of been put on hold for the last oh. couple months. Yeah. So you I mean, give Tom a material and he will make something out of it. It's insane. Like whether it's a machine lathe or a sewing machine or a saw, I mean, 
you give him a challenge, a creative challenge, and he will figure it out. It's, it's amazing. So, Tom, you said that your family, you came from a line of makers. Is that where that creative skill comes from? I think so. Yeah. I mean, my, I think, I mean, my, my, my mother was a stained glass artist. Wow. You know, my, my father would have and this is, you know, one of the hobbies that I've picked up as well. My, my father's like a hobby machinist, you know, so I grew up having, you know, a, a metal lathe and a metal mill, you know, in his garage, That's nuts. constantly Retired watching him play on that stuff. Colonel in the air force. With and, all of this crazy That's his stuff. happy place. Is he loves just going out there and ripping metal to pieces and making things out of it. So, what, probably about a year before we moved to Seattle, I picked up my own lathe. You know, I've got my little metal shop and my little, you know, wood shop downstairs. <laughs> and again, it's just one of those things we were, I, I like to say, like, my, my parents never discouraged us from taking things apart when we were a kid. It was always just, yeah. if somebody put it together, there's a way to take it back apart. Just figure out how to put it back so together. So you were one of those kids. I get, now everything <laughs> <Absolutely>. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, my father's still the same way. I'm still the same way. My brother's still the same way. I, our house was constantly making things. And so I think it's just kind of in our blood. Okay. But is your dad, the machinist making metal, like in your family, do they go and ha- you went to bow ties? Like what? <laughs> there's just a different, are they like, what, are, what's happening here? Yeah, There's definitely a couple weird looks, but it, it's honestly, <laughs> it, it's funny, especially talking to my father about it. My, my father's a pretty stoic guy, yeah. you know, military, very big mustache, very impressive. But I think he gets it because it's just the fact of making things. It's of like, it, it doesn't matter what it is. Cause frankly, a lot of people think it's weird that a dude sews, you know, but I, I've also got a metal. I just look at it as a tool. You know, I, I've, I've got, you know, industrial sewing machines in our studio. I've got metal lathes in my shop. You know, I can rebuild a carburetor out in my garage. It's just a tool to me, you know, and as long as I can use a tool to make something, that's all I want to do. And it should be. And when you look at like what sewing machines as a part of this country and like what they've done, I mean, they are li- like saying they're sewn into the, you know, the fabric of this country is the most cliche thing you can say. But like my grandma worked in factories with sewing machines like that. If she didn't have that job or that job didn't exist, I mean, my family wouldn't have had any means at all. And she was in a sewing machine factory working in the, I guess, probably late 30s. Like sewing machines are like you're saying, it's just another machine and it's an amazing machine. And the fact that someone would say, oh, you're a man that sews and thinks it's weird. They can suck it. So that's yeah, for real. And I mean, I I have such a tiny amount of skill on a sewing machine. I'm still such a novice, but it's pretty incredible. I mean, you know, you take a couple of pieces of material, stick it in this machine and you can get a thing out of it. It's wild what you guys have been able to do. You mentioned fabric that's not upcycled. Where do you get that fabric from and how do you how do you even know where to get fabric from and what is that process like as a maker? So my day job requires me uh, I'm gone basically 3 weeks out of every month traveling, which is hard, but also I get bored. So I need something to do and so sourcing fabric has been Like something that brings me joy when I'm away from home, occupies my brain that's away from work. Otherwise, I'm just sitting in a hotel room working. And there's this amazing fabric store in Missoula, Montana. And (laughs) I freaking love this store. It is tiny and beautiful fabric from Liberty of London to like waxed canvas and anywhere in between. If you're a quilter or you're making clothes, like she's got it. And so now like she knows me when I come in every month and, you know, we talk and 
Um, I've ordered some fabric from her during this pandemic just because you can look at it and you can order from big places. And that's that's a really quick, easy fix, except for honestly, right now, like they are weeks out from shipping. But it it also feels good to like someone else is doing this little thing to be able to buy fabric from them, even though, you know, it's mass produced fabric. It's a tiny shop. So it occupies my time. And yeah, Missoula, Montana my favorite place to buy fabric. Well, who would have thought that you would, you know, you have to travel for your day job. You're able to still work on your side hustle while traveling. And that's cool that you can travel all over the country and go to small businesses and be able to feed back into them. I mean, it's amazing what you're doing. So that's super Thank cool. You. It's fun. So when and why and how did the masks come in? Explain all of that. Because right now I know that your life has been basically consumed by <clears throat> making these cloth masks and for the record let me explain i have been posting pictures of me wearing my mask i have two of them from ugly yellow house and i have not received more comments about any product in a very long time like sometimes there's there's always that one product that i will post i'd say it happens like every eight months where it's like i need that i need that i need that and right now it's your masks and both of them i've got two different patterns and personally i love them they fit great they feel comfortable. They're cute. Like, it, honestly, it sucks to say it's like an accessory now, but it is. And I love that I can mm-hmm. wear them around my neck, pop them on when I need to, throw them in the wash. I've washed them a ton of times. They're amazing. So that is me, my side of the mask. <laughs> I love them. But Thank you. what was it like for you guys launching and creating your masks? Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> great. great. I know there's a story behind that, so I'm in for that. I started messing around with them, I guess, probably beginning of March. I think March 7th was about when we went on lockdown, I that think. That makes at sense. At least us personally. Yeah. And then immediately just kind of went to my head of trying to help, you know, what can you possibly do? I mean, you know, I've never been through anything like this before. <laughs> you know, nobody needed nobody. a bow tie. No, no, yeah. they don't. So I spent probably two weeks downstairs just kind of prototyping and looking what other people were doing and 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 working on stuff. The problem that we had was, you know, like in March, elastic was as hard to find as toilet paper. <laughs> you know, so I, I finally found a supplier that it took probably about three weeks to finally get my order in. And then once we had the elastic, it was just full speed go. I mean, it's just like you didn't do just the elastic. You have the little sizer thing on there so that I can size it for my head or someone like you don't have to worry about sizes because you have this ability. Like you guys didn't just slap fabric on a piece of elastic like you actually engineered this and in such a short time. And he's being a little bit modest about it. Like he made, I'm not even kidding, probably almost 20 max. He would make a couple different styles and then from that style, he would move it up and then we would wear them and go like I was sold on having the behind the ear thing because that's all I had ever seen. What's really annoying if you've ever worn sunglasses on your head that are put behind your ears or your glasses or your hair behind or a hat behind your ears sucks. And so if this is going to be something that we have to wear, what's going to be comfortable, what's going to shape around the face, what's going to hold up to multiple washes, you know, what is, I didn't even, this, the toggle idea was all Tom, like being able to adjust it to around your head. So that way, you know, someone with a small head and then someone with a larger head can wear it. And so there was a lot of care and thought put into not only can we get all these masks out, but can we make it something that's, at least going to be comfortable and look good. Well, you succeeded because it's comfortable and I love the way they look, but you guys originally, so when you started the mass, you were originally only doing donations, right? Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, because it was it was right around that time that, you know, the the West Seattle Bridge was also shut down. So us being in West Seattle, we were oddly cut off from everybody else. And then especially because, I mean, there was lots of groups that were, you know, making cloth masks for medical professionals and donating to hospitals and nursing homes. Like that stuff was amazing. But frankly, not a lot of it could get to West Seattle just sheerly because the main thoroughfare into West Seattle was gone. So that was kind of our first thing was. You know, businesses that are trying to stay open, first responders, you know, essential workers. We have fabric. We have the materials now. We just put the call out. If you need it, let us know. If you're in the area, we'll bring it straight to you. No problem. So that's where we really started. And it was hugely fulfilling. You know what I mean? To actually, like, be able to do something helpful during this time Mm -hmm. where you've just been kind of sitting in your house for three weeks going, what do we do? It's tough. You weren't only giving them to medical workers. You were thinking essential Mm. workers, like people who still had to work and be around people, whether it's grocery store. And I know Shandon, who is the who was doing deliveries for her store, Alaire West Seattle, she had had one. I was like, where did you get that? I need one. (laughs) And she was started telling me it was you guys, you know, they normally make the dog bow ties and now they're doing this. And I was like, I need one. And she's like, they're only doing donations. I'm like, I will give them all of my money. I don't care. (laughs) How do I get it? And I'll I'll like, because then you started doing when you buy one, we'll donate two, right? That was the next step. Yeah, it's not really that ratio. Honestly, it's probably way higher than that. Like we're just selling a small percentage of what we make, you know, basically just to to keep. And we've been really lucky. There's been some people that have donated fabric to us, Mm. you know, to to keep going with the donation masks. But yeah, so we're just... I, I don't even actually know the number. We're just selling a small percentage, basically, well, to, I, to just keep the whole thing going. People need them, and they reach out, or we'll see another business open up. And so I reach out on Instagram, or someone will tell us, or Shannon's been great about spreading it. And so, you know, like, that's our focus, and that needs to come first. Like, last week, lots of places were opening back yeah. up. We shut down yeah. our sales and went, we got to focus on this. Because at the end of the day, that's what's most important. If we take care of our community, they'll take care of us. And the people who have to be out there, we're fortunate. Like, we don't have to be out there besides delivery. But, like, Shandon has to be out there. And these food places who are trying to make life normal for us and grocery stores and daycare workers. So, like, it's just who needs them the most and who needs them now. And that's where we're going to focus. And it doesn't always yield for the nicest comments or people loving us. Listen. And it's hard. <laughs> Don't get me. St- I listen on your end. I know it sucks. I have been losing my mind on people for you guys. So backstory to anyone listening it. right now, you guys post the mass on Friday. Like you make them all week. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, how much can two people? sew? Amber, you're still doing your day job. Tom, like mm-hmm. I, you like, you can't, how many masks are you making a day? Uh, we can generally get between like 20 and 30 a day okay. if we go down there and like go. That's a lot. Yeah. And then you can only keep that pace up for so long right. before you burn out. Uh, so. Of course. So then you guys post them on Friday and then they mm-hmm. sell out, obviously, yeah. because when you've got people all over just Seattle knowing about you guys, then you've got people like me posting it. And then you've got people from other states seeing it. They're going to sell out. Well, what happens when things sell out? People become raging assholes. Yes, they're monsters. I started seeing people comment on your Instagram like, this is so effed up. They sold out right away. No, you're just mad. It's not effed up. This is amazing that a small business has been able to create a a product that people love that much that they're willing to check in on a certain time to buy that product. You're just mad. You didn't get it back off. And I was like so pissed at these people doing that to you guys who are taking more, more than half of what you're making and donating it and doing something good like 
those people suck. Ignore them. Mm-hmm. The people you need to focus on are the people who are supporting you guys and coming back. Screw them. Who cares? But you've Thank obviously you. yes. seen that. And clearly, I feel and I feel one way about it that. so much because it's hard too. Like we have not seen the kind of recognition and immediacy and success from Bowtie. This is not a high demand thing. And this is, and so I've, I'm very new to the social media game. That's not Amber talking. Amber can say whatever she wants to say. <laughs> Amber does say whatever she wants to say. But Ugly Yellow House Amber yeah. doesn't understand this weird line that it's okay to actually stick up for us. It's okay to say, look, there are two of us. We're trying our hardest, you know. Half the time there's one and a half of us doing this, you know. And just learning that it's okay to tell people, like, to chill we're figuring this out too. And a lot of people are nice. We've had more nice people than mean people, but those mean people are exhausting and they, they are. can really get to you. And I have to turn off my phone. Like a couple of Fridays ago, I was just I'm beside myself. I was like, I can't do this. I know. Like, I don't understand. They're the loudest. And guess what? They literally have nothing to do now. Nothing. And like, literally. I bet you they had nothing to do like five months ago. Now they really <laughs> have nothing to do. So they're just scrolling positivity and that's what they do and honestly when you have haters you know you've made it so this is exciting congratulations guys. <laughs> there you go i'll take it okay so what do you think is going to happen like what is the future of ugly yellow house will there be you know are you always going to make masks are you going to obviously when events start happening again bow ties will be a thing but are you now realizing oh we can do a lot more than just bow ties for people yeah, I mean, I, I, it's kind of like what you said. I, I think masks are a thing now. I don't think this is going to be a temporary patch to, to get us through this. I mean, I think they're a thing now. And so, you know, that was kind of the goal once we started, you know, especially, you know, looking at our fabrics and whatnot is if it's going to be a thing, like make it an accessory. That's kind of what we've always specialized in was accessories was high quality fabrics, make them really well. The whole goal out of all of it is just to get somebody to wear a mask. You know, that was a yeah. big thing, especially with, you know, the going with the, the headbands instead of around the ears is I want to take away every excuse somebody has to not wear one. And they're cute. You know, it's not like the ugly medical I mean, ones, which I mean, exactly. they're great and all and they serve their purpose. But those should be for medical workers. They don't need to look mm-hmm. cute in the hospital. We do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, yeah. But yeah, like you can do so. I feel like you guys are realizing you can do so much more than what you've been yeah. doing it's like something bad is happening now but you're you're learning so much from it and it's going to broaden mm-hmm. your skills and your company coming out of this oh yeah 100%. absolutely and there's lots of different things you want to do whether it's like tom made a bag out of sail cloth that one of our friends gave us from their sale and you know like just re- repurposing things is a big passion and like finding that thing that not everyone's doing you know, cotton bow ties was that thing. There's not affordable bow ties that are breathable and wearable. That'll work. Now we need face masks. So I think that's the great thing about the name of our company is it literally can be whatever yeah. we want it to be. <laughs> yeah, there, there is nothing you can't, you not ever have to be like, well, how does that fit into our brand? Because it just yeah. does. Because you made it. Does. That's why. <laughs> now, Amber, I didn't really ask you about this, but you don't have to tell us where you work, but what is your day job? So I work for the largest digital automotive, I should say physical too, company, all-encompassing. They own Kelly Blue Book, Auto Trader, the places where car dealers buy their cars, the software they use to sell their cars. And so uh, my main job is to make sure that car dealers are buying the right cars, that they're advertising and following guidelines, um, what's their online presence look like. It was trying to figure out how to get them to learn that they can work virtually in this environment. People want to buy cars. 
however they're allowed to buy cars. And so to get a dealership to like buy into that and realize they don't have to open their doors to sell a car was like the first 60 days Jeez. of my COVID experience. And it turned out really great. Everyone's adapting. and So a little different than your side hustle. So very different <laughs> my side hustle. Has there been anything that you've been able to take from your day job and put it into Ugly Yellow House, like skill-wise? Yeah, absolutely. So marketing for sure and sales is definitely helpful. I do a lot of SEO and a lot of SEM in search engine marketing in my day job. And so that's helped as we're finding keywords and building websites. And the social media part has been really hard, but the whole marketing and sales platform is basically what I've done for the last 15 years of my life. And so that's been a nice transition is just being able to have that sort of marketing and sales background coming into this. That's huge. I mean, so many small business owners or business owners, period, don't understand the SEO. And I never even heard anyone say SEM before. So <laughs> it makes sense. But like, <laughs> now I need to go figure that out. But no, it's it's 100% a skill that if you have and you can use it with your small business, you're 20 steps ahead of everyone else. And we keep mentioning Shandon, Alaire, West Seattle. Aww, and I want to be able to shout her. her out. So she's the reason we're connected, obviously. Yeah. I know that she connected me to you guys. She's big fans of you guys. But how did you guys connect with Shandon? So I like to start this out with a disclaimer that I'm not a stalker, but I am a crazy stalker for Shandon. From very afar, when this first started, you know, just following her on social media and then her store. If you have not, I mean, anyone listening in Seattle, if you've not been in the lair, it is my happy place. Yeah. If you are upset ever, you walk into that store and you just feel this sense of calm. So I was super fangirling behind the scenes and we were at a market and there was this dog that looks just like her Otis and someone, we took a picture and posted it and someone asked her, tagged her and said, was, is this your Otis? It was a different Otis. <gasps> but she was like, I need, I, I, she's like, I think I need a dog bow tie for my Otis. And I was like, you absolutely do. But I was still like super shy about it because I just thought she was the coolest person <laughs> not having met her. And Tom was like, this is your chance. Yeah. Like, put together a care package full of everything we make. Take it over there and introduce yourself. Like, this yes. is how you're going to be able to do it. And so we did. And she liked them. And she liked us. And she's just the the most wonderful person. And I'm so glad that somehow that weird, not her Otis dog um, led us to be friends. That's wild. So how long ago <laughs> yeah. was that? Oh, gosh. September? <laughs> this, just, yeah, yeah. Like this past Six September? ago. No, and how long has Ugly Yellow House been around? July of 2018. So almost two years. July. Yeah. Yeah, two years. So not very long at all. That's nuts. And then I know you were able to connect with Roxy, who had been on Side Hustlers earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Um, She is behind Lana Ray Handmade. Obviously, hand makes, sews, stitches, all of that. She's incredible. So she was had sent me a mask. I got a mask from her and I ordered some pillows and she was like, what do you think of my mask? Because she was seeing me wear your mask. And I was like, honestly, mm-hmm. they both serve different purposes. They both mm-hmm. are great, but it all it's preference, just like any accessory. Yeah. So she had told me that she reached out to you guys and you guys were helping her. And I was like, I just love when people who are doing the same thing still help out one another. And it's incredible mm-hmm. that you guys are like that. And, and I just wanted to commend you guys for being kind to other people and not competitive even though you know at the end of the day you know it's a bottom line but you're still super kind yeah same goal right like she's trying to do exactly what we were trying we are trying to do and doing her own thing at the same time and 
I think just being a fellow maker and a small business owner, like you just, you just want to cling to that community, even if they're in California, even if they're selling the same thing, like we don't have to be competitors. We complement each other. Hers are different than ours and they're amazing, you know? And so, I mean, if you can get one from her, get one. If you can get one from us, get them. If you can make your own, make your own, whatever it takes, stay home. But if you have to leave, find a freaking mask to put on your face. I don't care what it looks like. Or a bow tie. And or a bow tie. tie. Not not, not or. And. (laughs) Bow tie and mask. Boom. We're all set that we're set for the year. So I want people to go support. It's UglyYellowHouse.com. And then it's UglyYellowHouse on Instagram. And that's probably the best place to go to to stay up to date with your launches. I know you took a week off as we're recording this. You took last week Mm -hmm. off. But this coming Friday it'll be there. You'll have mass up there again, but obviously that's going to change as things change. So ugly yellow house on Instagram to support Amber and Tom guys. I can't wait to see what you do next. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so I'll much. I'll be following. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to actually meet you in person. You're so close yet so far away. So soon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Amber and Tom's story. You can follow Ugly Yellow House on Instagram, uglyyellowhouse.com. I've got all the links below, so you can just click right there in the description. Thank you, as always, for being here and listening to Side Hustlers. Rate and review the podcast. That is such a help. And you can always reach out to me, sidehustlerspodcast at gmail.com. This podcast has been produced by my friend Houston Tilly. And until next week, keep hustling. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.